today on Real Radio. Offenses are not always wrong. They can be very healthy. Look, your doctor offends you when he tells you you're sick and you need antibiotic and you need to get help. That might offend your feelings, but your doctor, thank God, doesn't care about your feelings. He cares about your health. And God cares about your spiritual health. And God wants to make sure that you're healthy. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The First Epistle of Peter with a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 1. The Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus who later on became the leader of the early church. His story is ancient, but really no different than what's happening today. We are still in need of a Savior, and Christ followers still need Peter's heartfelt words of compassion and encouragement. It's why the greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is not meant to be a mystery. It's about our salvation, the salvation that comes from God that has no rival. There is no other way to be saved from sin and death. It's His power alone that rescues you and me, and it's through His grace and infinite love that He offers it to us freely. The Lord wants us to be with Him forever, but it's up to us to choose where indeed we will spend eternity. So today on day one of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say, Our salvation cost Jesus his life. He saved us from the power of sin by paying the ultimate price. His brutal death on the cross gives us the chance to experience eternal life in heaven, a gift we could never earn or ever deserve for that matter. And now in his message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 1, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. And uh, we're looking today at verses 10, 11, and 12 of 1 Peter chapter 1. But boy, pay attention as you read this. You say, Jack, three verses? We're not even going to get done with these verses, I'm pretty confident. This is deep, awesome theology. This is good for our soul. We need this. This is deep stuff. Father, we ask you to instruct us from your word. This is awesome because God, we've gathered together as your people for 2,000 years. Followers of Jesus have been doing exactly what we're doing on this Lord's Day, on this Sunday morning, to look to your word, to read your word, to study your word, for the word to be taught, and then for the people to preach in the communities and the villages and in the cities in which they live. So Father, this morning more than ever, may we take these short three verses and God, may they embolden us to be Christians that make a difference until we, face, until we see the face of Jesus, which we hope, Lord, will be soon, very soon, we pray. It's in his name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. You can be seated. And today, we're looking at a message entitled, and I mean it, listen carefully, the greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever. You might say, oh, good pastor, are you going to talk to us about the 10 toes and the 10 fingers of Daniel's image. Nope. Or are we going to go to the book of Revelation? Nope. How about some of the Old Testament prophets on the chapters and verses regarding the end of the world and the dawning of the millennial age of Christ? And Nope. Believe it or not, church, and you might want to write this down, the greatest prophetic teaching of the Bible is that of salvation. 
When we talk about prophecy, we are talking about the eschatology of the Bible, that is the doctrines of future things. And let's be honest, the Bible's very clear, and church, you know this more than most, that anywhere from 27 to 33% of the Bible is dedicated to the prophetic teaching of future events. But in light of what Peter is teaching us today, it is actually accurate to say, and by the way, I've never heard this before, I've never read it before, but in light of the doctrine of salvation, it's true to say that from Genesis to Revelation, the greatest prophetic doctrine of the Bible is salvation, which makes the doctrine of salvation the number one prophetic issue of the Bible, which in my opinion makes the entire Bible the Bible of prophecy, the Bible of salvation. It's all about salvation. God's word to you is all about getting you into his presence in heaven forever. Say amen to that. God wants you in heaven with him forever. That's the Bible. And would you forgive me in advance that there's going to be numerous times today that I might say things that might cause some who belong to a cult, for example, to feel a little uncomfortable. Maybe today you hold a different religious view and you're following some religious founder. This message may offend you, but offenses are not always wrong. They can be very healthy. Look, your doctor offends you when he tells you you're sick and you need antibiotic and you need to get help. That might offend your feelings, but your doctor, thank God, doesn't care about your feelings. He cares about your health. And God cares about your spiritual health. And God wants to make sure that you're healthy. So the greatest teaching on the Bible, in the Bible, I believe is the prophetic or salvation message of the scriptures. By the way, with your Bible open there in chapter one, will you look to see regarding this word salvation? Look back at verse five. First Peter 1, 5, it says, regarding us who are kept by the power of God through faith unto what? Salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's an interesting statement. We studied it at length, remembering that it means that you are not only saved now if you've put your faith in Christ, that means if you died now, you'd go to heaven. But the fact of the matter is that every day that you and I get up, every day you and I live, every day that you and I lay down, and by God's grace, we are kept through the night, and the next day comes, we are one step closer to the totality and the fullness of the revelation of your salvation. You say, Jack, am I saved or am I not saved? What are you saying? Yes, you're saved, but the totality of your salvation will come with the resurrection or translation of your physical body, either at death in resurrection or the rapture of the church. That's why those events must take place, church. You must be either resurrected from the dead for the total salvation redemption effort to be completed, or the rapture takes place where the Bible says in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, you'll be transformed. So the moment you accept Christ, if you died one moment after that, you'd go straight to heaven. Your body, we would bury you at Forest Lawn. But when the rapture happens, your body would come out of the ground and that your, your resurrected body would meet your redeemed soul that Christ would bring in 1 Thessalonians 4, you can read that later. And you would be experiencing your total, the totality of your salvation or redemption, body, soul, and spirit. You can see why now salvation deals with all of the prophetic aspects of the Bible. But look at First Peter chapter one, verse nine. It's verse five and verse nine. 
Verse 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Very comforting truth. By the way, one notable theologian said regarding verse 9, he says that it should be rendered this way, according to the original Greek language. For you are receiving the consummation of your faith, that is, the final act of your salvation, which will culminate in the return of Jesus Christ, and I would add, for you. Paramount to this verse stating that things that have been declared to us, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 says, I, that is the Lord speaking, have put enmity, the word is hostility, speaking, by the way, watch this, in Genesis 3, God is speaking to Adam, to Eve, and Satan is personified in the body of this snake thing. We don't know much about the snake, except that it stood upright. Isn't that freaky weird? The snake in the garden stood upright. It had legs. I don't like that. I don't like snakes, period. I don't care if they have legs or not. I don't like them. It's never done man any good to even be near a snake. And look what happened the last time we talked to a snake. It ruined everything. Some of you are snake fans. Keep it to yourself. I'm not interested. <laughs> Stay away from snakes. But God is speaking in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity Hostility, open warfare between you, he points to Satan, and the woman, he points to Eve, and between your offspring, he points to Satan, and her seed. He didn't say offspring, God said seed, and that is a messianic salvation redemption statement, that salvation would come through the woman, and that there would be, from the moment of the Garden of Eden and its fall, there would always be a war between Satan's host and the children of men. That Satan's desires to destroy you, crush you, kill you, banish you to hell. Listen, Satan wants you in hell. Satan hates God and he hates you. He hates you because you've been created in the image of God. He'll lie to you, he'll deceive you. That's why you and I are constantly tempted. Did you know that you're tempted at all times? All the time. You might have already had a temptation sitting here in church. You say, isn't church safe? Isn't this like a no tempting zone? Isn't this our safe place? Answer, nope. Haven't you had weird perverse thoughts sitting in church? No, you haven't? I know you have. I had somebody say to me recently, Pastor, I was just having a great time in service and I was listening to you and all this stuff. And then the thought came into my mind, what would happen if somebody shot him right in front of everybody? And I go, well, thank you for telling me that. That's fantastic. You don't have a gun on you, do you, by any chance? But that's a perverse thought. At least I think it's perverse. <laughs> but people have thoughts. How does that happen? That's coming from the enemy. He hates you. And Jesus, the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, God says that there's open warfare between God's children and Satan's children. Did you know that? Satan has children that serve him in this world. All of this regarding the souls of men. Satan wants your soul. And in some way, I don't get it, but in some way, in some reason unknown to us, there's a great battle taking place regarding the redemption of mankind and the salvation of you as an individual. Satan wants you dead. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. The God of the Bible does not operate, by the way, 
in the realm of risk. You might think, well, boy, after the garden, well, you know, why did God even allow that snake or that, or the devil into the garden and all that kind of stuff? Those answers we will know someday in eternity. But just know this, God takes no risk, don't worry. He didn't like gamble with humanity on this one. He knew exactly what he was doing. The Bible tells us in another place in the book of Ephesians that the very act of redemption through salvation is God's display throughout all eternity of his great grace and the love with which he loves you. Isn't that awesome? You are loved today by the one who matters the most, by God himself. By way of introduction to this study, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 tells us, grace to you and peace be multiplied. And salvation is the part of God's grace. And it's a wonderful truth. And one more verse before we dive into this. When we talk about grace and salvation that's mutually uh, connected, you can't separate them. You got to have God's grace working in your life to even bring about salvation in your life. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. It's the gift of God. And if you've forgotten grace, you might want to write this down. There's a sweet definition using the word grace as an acronym. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Isn't that a great word? That salvation is by God's grace. God's riches. God wants you saved at Christ's expense. Jesus died on the cross that you might go to heaven. The preaching of the cross, the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Not one of God's children, listen, in this church, listen everybody, not one of us who are truly God's kids and I have to say this, I had to wiggle this in because it's happening much in the community of God's people. Now, one of God's children who've experienced salvation, the salvation work of God in their life, goes about using sins and excusing those sins and writing those sins off as some form of liberty. There's a lot going on today in churchianity regarding this thing of liberty. Peter's going to talk to us soon about this great power of God to save us. I want to ask you, save us from what? The Bible tells us that God saves us from the wrath of God. Did you know that? You ever think about that? You say, well, I thought I was saved from hell. You are saved from hell. But how did that happen? You're saved from hell because Christ took the penalty of my sin on himself at the cross. The, listen, the wrath of Almighty God in his righteousness was poured out upon Jesus at the cross. Jesus saved me from the wrath of God. God's not angry. He's holy. And sin must be punished. And Jesus went to the cross and he died in my place and in your place. And Jesus took upon him the wrath of his holy father in my place. And in doing that, he set us free from the power of sin. All of us are tempted but the Bible teaches us that you and I choose to yield to sin. We sin because we love it. We sin because we want to. We sin because we act in a disobedience to God. 
The Bible tells us in Romans chapter six, verse one, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And today we have people saying, I can, I can drink, I can be drunk, I can, I can follow Jesus, I have the liberty. I can be involved in porn, I can do, I can smoke pot and be a Christian, I can live like this, I have the liberty. Listen, I don't know what you think about that, but the Bible's very clear about that. Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? What did, what did Paul just say a moment ago? Certainly, what did he say, certainly what? Salvation sets us free from those things of bondage. If today you claim to be a Christian, but you're stuck in these sins and you know they're sins, no matter what book you read, no matter what liberal pastor or book you might be exposed to, you know down inside it's sin to be a Christian and live with your girlfriend or boyfriend in sex. Look, if, if, if you're Christians and you're passionate with one another, then listen, get married. The Bible says get married. Well, I had somebody tell me, look, I wrote it down. I can get high because it makes me feel better. And sometimes I think I understand the Bible better. How do you know? Because I'm really in tune with the things of the spirit when I'm high. How do you know you're high? How do you know? Do you understand the justification of this? Just tear Romans right out of your Bible because Paul was clearly wrong. Listen, salvation sets us free from the bondage and the power and the control of sin. We're all tempted and we all give in to sin from time to time. The Christian doesn't want to. The Christian fights it. The Christian trips and falls, but the Bible says the Christian gets up and walks again with Christ. That's what we do. The Holy Spirit does that with us. But to live in sin is to not know anything about the saving power of God, which brings us to this. The greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is found in verse 10, and it's this, is what God has said about salvation. Write that down if you would. The greatest teaching on Bible prophecy is the fact of what God says about salvation. First of all, we see that his salvation is a forethought. It's preceding. When I say that, look at verse 10. It says, of this salvation, referring back to verse 9, of this salvation the prophets have inquired. Now he's speaking about the Old Testament prophets. You can write that in your margins of your Bible. It will help you in future study. The, the salvation doctrine of the Bible was exposed to the prophets first. And the Bible tells us that they have inquired. This is amazing. Watch this, people. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit came upon the Old Testament prophets. And they spoke under the power and the possession of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us, we'll study it more later, that even as they spoke the word of God, which you have in your lap, by the way, it's called the Old Testament. They spoke that by the power of God, and it's written down and preserved by God throughout all the ages. And the Bible tells us they spoke these things under the influence or power of the Holy Spirit. And they often did that not knowing what it was that they were speaking. They didn't understand it. There's no, listen, I don't know how to stress this enough. If I could stand in my head to get the point across, I would. There is no more lofty calling in the Bible, in humanity, than to be a prophet of God. 
They spoke under the possession of the Holy Spirit. They spoke out into the future. And listen, they were often marginalized, ridiculed, mocked, some of them killed. Jeremiah, among others, were imprisoned because what they had to say was hard to receive and many rejected it. But the Bible says the prophets spoke on salvation and they inquired of it. They searched for it. It's a remarkable thing. In your highlighter of your Bible or your pen, you want to circle three very important words. Of this salvation. This is what's known as an exclusionary statement, meaning that all, listen, all other ideas, all other doctrines, all other beliefs regarding any other salvation offered are inadequate, incapable, insufficient, and in a word, unable. You say, what? Those three words that we see in the English come from a Greek declaration and it's rooted in a Hebrew word of this salvation. Notice it's not a salvation. Am I yelling at you guys? I am so excited about this because I'm sorry. I have to pace myself. I still have services yet to teach. I have to calm down. Of, of this salvation, <laughs> of this salvation, this exclusive, one of a kind, unable to be reproduced, anything offered other than it is wholly inadequate, incapable, unable to save you. The salvation revealed in the Bible absolutely saves. Saves by the power of God at the expense of Christ. Saves you fully. Amen. Oh, pastor, can I lose my salvation? Not if you have it. Just make sure you have it. But once you have it, my dear friend, I like to look at Christians, saved people, like they're galvanized. And I don't like to limit it. Galvanized in titanium, plutonium, a gold, platinum, silver. I don't care what it is. You're wrapped in the power of God's salvation and nothing or no one or no demon of hell, no angel of heaven can snatch that salvation away from you. Just make sure you're saved. Just make sure you're trusting in Jesus and not yourself of this salvation. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Here on Real Radio, in his message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 1. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope that how much the Lord loves you is evident through the words of Peter and in the inspiring message of hope found in God's prophetic word. The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 1, is part of Pastor Jack's series called The First Epistle of Peter. It's a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. Hey, if you'd like to know more about what God says about salvation and the many prophets and teachers in the Bible, including Peter, who spoke about the grace of God, check out Pastor Jack on YouTube. His YouTube channel is called Real Life with Jack Hibbs. And we want to invite you to join the thousands of subscribers who are taking advantage of the hundreds of videos that can help you through this journey called the Christian life. You know, at this point in our history, we can all use some inspiration. It's hard to be discerning about what's being said on the news 
and on social media. But Pastor Jack knows that the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth found in Scripture is our strength and our source. You can access those great videos on YouTube or through our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Hey, we've got a special offer for you. The Life and Bible series is now available on an MP3 CD. And for a gift of any amount, you'll get 17 complete audio messages along with Pastor Jack's sermon notes all on one disc. Yeah, you'll get the notes too. Just go to our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org, and take advantage of this great offer on the Life and Bible series. And remember, it's yours for a gift of any amount at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And if you need to get a hold of us, call us, 877-RR-RADIO. That's 877-777-2346. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.